Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, a.k.a. The Word Church. And again, we'd like to welcome you to another broadcast of Faith on Fire. Again, it's our desire to ignite the body of Christ's faith on fire. The scripture said that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it also declares in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hear the word of God. And you're about to hear the word of God this morning. Amen. Hey, we've been speaking on the subject of uh, the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 16, 19, I give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. And we understand that the keys unlock things. And Jesus also talked about the mysteries of the kingdom. And those mysteries, I believe, are the commands of God with a promise. They're commands that unlock the wisdom of God, which allows us to live that abundant life that Jesus said he came to give us. So, again, I'm reminded of the scriptures over in James. It says, don't just be hearers of the word or hearers of the keys, but, but use the keys, be doers of it. He said, if you're hearers only, you're deceiving yourself. But if you're a doer of the word, you'll be blessed in what you, you do. So God desires us to, to use these keys that he's given us, these mysteries that the world can't see because the scripture says, unless one is born again, he cannot know or see or be a part of the kingdom of God. So we're in the family of God now since we got born again. We're not in the kingdom of darkness. He tells us to be ye transformed. Uh, by, don't be conformed to the world, yet be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we're going to renew our mind as we receive those keys and utilize those keys. And again, we talked about that first key, that faith key. You can't never get away from that key because that in Hebrews eleven six it says, without that key, faith is impossible to please God. And faith is that master key. You have to have use that key with all the other keys because yeah. unless yeah. it's done in faith, okay, go ahead. And I don't want to interrupt you, but you know, good. as you were talking there, it it really came to my mind. You called the revelation? It's, <laughs> it's when you have faith, that's when you please God. You can't please God without faith. When he says that you bring everything in Philippians 4 to God in praise and thanksgiving, then the peace that passes all understanding will be given to you. And as we looked in Malachi about giving, he says, give as you're told to give, and then he will open up heaven and fill up more than your storehouses can hold. So there is this conjunction between you have to have faith if you're going to please God, you have to give it to God if you're going to have God's peace, and all these things work together. We can't have one without the other. It's like love and marriage. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but yeah, it's like it's basically being a doer of, of the word, not right. just to hear. If God tells you to do something, Jesus say, "Have faith in God." Well, God and His Word are like wet and water. So if I'm have faith in God, I got to have faith in, in the things that God commanded me or instructed me or the wisdom He's given me. I have to have faith in in His wisdom. So if He tells me to forgive, or if He tells me to give, well, because God has all wisdom. And I'm not to lean to my own understanding. So if God said it, that should settle it for the, for the child of God. You know, for somebody that's outside the covenant, okay, we're not talking to them. We're talking to people of like precious faith. Right. We're, we're talking, talking to, to Christians. Yeah, we're talking to Christians, believers. So and you're in a new kingdom now. It's called the kingdom of God. And again, it's not a democracy. God is sovereign. He makes the rules. You so can't come hold, in. He doesn't hold the vote every four years. No, no, they don't, don't vote every four years. <laughs> we can never vote Jesus out. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. It, he reigns always. Remember, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth. How long? Forever and ever. Right. <laughs> Amen. So he's the king. So, And we have to understand that. And a lot of us, we come into the body of Christ, we don't understand that. We think we can still do God the way we want to do him. And God says, no, I already have a kingdom. I already have an order. I want you to get into my order. And here's my order. I'm going to give you the keys to live successfully in this kingdom. All you have to do is just submit to him. Remember? Yeah, all you have to do is do him. Just do him. It's easy. <laughs> like Nike say, just do it. It's really simple. Man, he says over in, I believe, Hebrews, submit to God. It means do God's will, resist the devil. That's part of doing God's will. Put up some resistance, and, and the devil will flee from you. But I remember, I, I meant to say this. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I mean, be a doer of the word, he said, and he will exalt you or lift you up in season. God wants you to don't just hear the word but do it. But we got to get back on key. We talked about faith, that master key. Then we know we went to talk about love. We talked about perseverance. Now we're on the key of giving. You have to be a giver in the kingdom, not a hoarder. God so loved the world, he gave. He didn't keep back. He gave. Jesus said, nobody takes my life. I, I give it. I lay it down. So the Bible says, let be imitators of Christ as dear children. Be imitators of God as dear children. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So Jesus is the example. He's the model son. So if he's given, he's our king and he's our Lord and Savior, we were purchased with his precious blood. So he's the landlord, so to speak. Lord and Savior. So if he tells us to do something, we should do it. He give us commands. A lot of people like to focus on the Ten Commandments. No, he gave us more than the commandments. And we know the, the the one and only true commandment is the love. But there's a lot of things in love. There's a lot of things involved with love. <laughs> you can't just say I love you. Scripture talks about that. If somebody say, oh, I love you, be in peace, and, and you're hungry, and they don't do anything to alleviate that hunger, that ain't really love. Right. I'll pray for you. I'm hungry, Richard. Vince, I'll pray for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Could you take me down to McDonald's and get me a sandwich? Now, that's being a doer because we know we have a ministry to the less fortunate. We have a ministry to feed the poor, to clothe the poor. So as, we, as we're as we getting, Scripture says, and all you're getting, get understanding. As you're getting or receiving the blessings of the Lord, you got to give back. Freely you receive the things of the Lord increase because he Deuteronomy 818, he gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. His covenant is that you are blessed to be a blessing. Told Abraham that. So we got to be, learn to be givers. And I found this out. Big givers are big livers. Yeah. If you're big, look at Jesus. He so loved the world. And what did God give him? And he gave his sacrificial life. What did God give him? All things. He said, all things are under his feet. Now, and anything in the kingdom that you desire, from God, guess who you got to go through to get it? The one that he gave it all to, Jesus. 
Remember? But here's the good news for us as kingdom citizens. Scripture says we're heirs with God and we're joint heir with Christ. See, God made us equal. He gave us the right to become children of God. He gave that to us. Go ahead. And, so, and you know, you talk about giving and, and every aspect of giving. And we, we started off talking about giving of our time and our energy and our focus and all those things. And as you were talking, I realized once again, if you want to get something, you've got to give. If you want love from people, you have to give it. You get It's not a one-way street. So many marriages break up because both sides are looking to get more than they're willing to give. If you are giving all of your love and your time and your energy to your spouse mm-hmm. and they're doing the same, that marriage isn't going to have any problems. You, I, I've done marriage counseling with people and what starts to happen after a while is she begins to resent the fact that he won't help. So then she starts talking to him about something. Then he begins to resent the fact that she's talking to him about what he's not doing. And then she begins to resent the fact that he's resenting the fact. And so pretty soon it becomes this downward spiral of both sides fighting to see who can do the least. Right. Right? Because they don't want to be taken advantage of. They don't want somebody to get more than they're given. And so they, they get into this battle of... Who's going to do the least? Well, you know what? As we give ourselves, then it becomes almost this contest to see who can give the most. And those marriages don't have a problem. Right. Because both sides are giving. And, and again, that's a whole nother teaching marriage. I, I call it, a course. we're doing a course later on in our services, Marriage Made Easy. And one thing me and my wife had to understand that we're heirs together of the grace of God. And we know what the scripture says about husbands and wives. So now, again, you can either just hear that or do that. And he said he gave an instruction for husbands, a command with a promise Then he for a husband, then he gave one for the wife. So now are you adhering to that? Are you a doer of that? Or you just, yeah, I heard that. Well, now you got to do it. Right. And and am I going to give my love? Am I going to give my time? Am I going to give my energy? And the same thing happens with God. Am I going to give my time to God? Am I going to give my love to God? Am I going to give my energy to God? Am I going to give my finances? And am, am I, I going to see the finances? We talked a lot well, about finances yesterday, and that's the last one for a lot of people to be willing to give up because we live in a world where there's like a finite pie. So uh, if we're, if somebody brings a pie into our studio here, and there's eight people and eight pieces of pie. And it goes by Pastor Vince, and he grabs four pieces of pie. That means some people aren't going to get the pie. And we live in a world like that to where we think that we have to hoard things. That I have to hoard my money. I can't give my money because I have to keep my money. But God says exactly the opposite, you know, in in Malachi where he says, and and I want to read that scripture again. He says, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will present, prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. And then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. We live in a world where we think we have to hoard. We live in a world where we have to keep. 
God says, you know what? If you give, I will give back so much more that all your storehouses couldn't even possibly hold it. So now, as Christians, as we talked about before, am I going to do what God says? Am I going to believe God? I think it really <coughs> boils down to that first key we're talking about, faith. Because now... Well, you got to believe that part. Am believe. I going to believe God? Am I going to... God says, test me in this. Am I going to believe God? Or am I going to believe the world that says, you know what, you only have X amount, and if you give away too much, you're not going to have any left? Or am I going to believe God who says, you know what, give and watch what happens. I will give back more than your storehouses can hold. Well, and here's one thing, Richard, as you were speaking, this was just dropped in my spirit. You know, it's, I always say this, it's to your advantage to be a student of the scriptures. Because if you is, you'll have understanding. And all you're getting, get understanding, Proverbs 4, 7. And the Bible says in Ephesians, understand what the will of the Lord is. And God's will is that his kingdom would come. His way of doing things will be done on earth as in heaven. But anyway, he gave us some, he gave us some revelation over in Genesis. He says, as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest, cold and winter, summer and heat, shall not cease. But I want to hone in on the seed, time, and harvest. He, so basically, what he's saying in a nutshell, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, I'm going to break it down. I know we're in an agricultural community. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. Now, I'm picturing some seed in my hand. The farmer plants the seed in the ground, and he had to purchase that seed. Is the seed for the ground, or is it for the farmer? The harvest. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's for not the for farmer. the yeah, it's for the farmer. But the farmer has to release it out of his hands into the ground. Then he's got to believe. That's the faith part. He's got to believe for a bountiful harvest. And most farmers, they're not believing for a, a less bountiful harvest. They, but they release that seed. They don't hold. They don't go buy all those bags of seed and just store it in the barn and hold right. it. And it costs them money to buy the seed. <laughs> what a lot of people forget is that they are taking. A risk. Right. They are planting seed. It's costing them something to give. If they wanted to hoard the money, they can't have a crop. Right, right. And that's what he said with that scripture in Genesis. As the earth remains, I'm question, is the earth still remaining? Are we still on earth? We're still here. Okay, well, it's another day. So, so he said this principle, this law, is another key to the kingdom. This law shall never cease. It's going to work. And the... Again, he says cold and heat, winter. I know the seasons are still operating. Since I've, I've been on this earth for quite a while, seasons are still changing. So that's true what God says. So then Paul says something over here. He was talking to the church at Corinth, and we're the body of Christ today. We're the church at Chico, at, at California, at United States of America. Look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and he was talking about giving. And I'm, I'm going to pick it up at verse 5, chapter 9, verse 5. He says, therefore I thought, it necessary to exalt the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Verse six. But I say he who sows sparingly that who, who gives sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows or gives bountifully will also reap bountifully. Okay, that's a principle. 
That's a promise that so God if you, made. If you plant that seed that you were talking about earlier on one acre of land, right? I, you're I, not going to get as much crop as if you plant it on ten. That's acres right. Of land. Or if I just plant a little, I'm just going just a couple seeds. I ain't going to do too much. I can I can harvest as much as I want to, according to my planting. But look what he says here, verse seven. So let each one give as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver, according to the word of God. Us Christians, we're supposed to live by the word of God. Jesus says, man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. Okay, it says God loves a cheerful giver. Well, what's the opposite of this? I like to use the flip-flop method. If God loves a cheerful giver, uh, what's the opposite of a cheerful giver? A grudging giver. Does God love a grudging giver then? He probably not then. <laughs> okay, I'm just using the text. Now look what he said. Now here's the promise. Remember, they're commands with promises. Here's the promise in verse 8 for the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Well, every good work is paying my bills. Every good work is being a blessing to other. Every good work is when offering thing, when somebody have a need, I can fulfill that need. That's every good work because we're go, we're called to go out and, and feed and clothe the poor and be a blessing to other. Remember, He gives you the power to get wealth that that you can be a blessing to other. So that's every good work, and every good work is charitable giving. Charity it's everything you want to. It says in Ecclesiastes, money answers all things. So God wants to. You're able to have an unlimited supply, but he wants us to see him as our source. So he says, go ahead and do this. Remember in Malachi, he said, test me. Test me. That's the only place in the scriptures God said, test me. So he said, prove me now in this. If I, I'm going to do this, my word is on the line. So now he didn't, he didn't give you a challenge. So our best thing is just to go ahead. Okay, God, we're in your kingdom now. This is how your kingdom work. Your kingdom is a kingdom based on sowing and reaping. So remember in Galatians, whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. He just told us here, if we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. If we sow sparingly, so that's the principle. That's the law. That's the command, the word of the kingdom. So we just either have to believe that and act on it or not believe it and don't act on it. And whatever it is, you're going to get the results. And you know what's amazing is people sow into all kinds of things. Oh, yes. They, they sow into the movie theater. They sow oh, into They sow into the lottery. They, they Christians. sow into the lottery. I know they a sow, bunch of Christians. I go over the house. They got a gang of lottery tickets. They, so they sow into all kinds of things. Except the kingdom. And then they wonder why it's not working. But then they're asking God for stuff. And he's like, I asked you to give, give 10. I, I asked you to be it, a cheerful it, giver I, I towards the kingdom. I think a lot of people don't realize this, that they, they sow into all kinds of things. And all kinds of different ways, and maybe don't even realize that's what they're sowing. Whatever and a man so, sows. <laughs> then they reap what they sow. And God, once again, says, test me in this, sow, give. Sowing, giving. He says, test me in this, and I will give more than your storehouses will hold. And once again, we can go back to this is any kind of sowing. This is any kind of giving, because he gave some... I believe that God gives everybody, every Christian, at least one gift. Some people get more than one, but God gives every believer at least one gift. For some people, that's a gift. There are people that are prayer warriors. For some people, that is a gift of helps. For some people, that is you love the gift, the hospitality. You love to have people over. 
Some people is teaching. Some people is preaching. Whatever the gift is that God has given you, we're supposed to use it joyfully. If your gift is hospitality, you're not to be grudging. Oh, man, I don't want to have them over. I don't want to deal with those people anymore. Whatever our gift is, maybe it's a gift of encouragement. Give it away. You, you need to use it because you are cheerfully using it, not because you are grudgingly doing whatever it is that God has called me to do. And so this giving has every aspect to it. If we are grudging in any of the stuff that God has called us to do, he is not going to be pleased. And you know what? This this giving subject or this giving key is so huge. We may just have to take it over into next week because there is so much in it. We can't cover giving. None of all of these keys, you know, we can just go on and on with them. And, and let me just finish this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I just spotted this. I, I got it highlighted, but it's, I think it's worth uh, reading. And now verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9. As it, is, as it is written, he's talking about the giver. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. Here's the promise. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 10. Now may he, he, that's God, who supplies seed, because God gives you the ability to get wealth. If he didn't give you breath, you couldn't go out and go to work. If he right. don't People let you, say, I have what I have because I worked. Yeah, hard. I'm a self-made man. No, you know, right. if God right. didn't give you breath, you ain't going to do nothing. Right. Okay. If he didn't give you the brains, he didn't give you the, the ability to do it. You're right, not right. doing it. So now he says in verse 10, now may he, God, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. He says God's going to supply. Not only that, he's going to multiply. He didn't say add. He didn't say subtract. He said he will multiply the seed you have sown and increase. That's 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 multiplication too. increase the fruits of your righteousness. Verse 11. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So he says our giving uh, supplies thanksgiving to God. When people see us giving, especially when we're giving to charitable organization or, or being a blessing to others. They, we're walking epistles. They see Christ and us, the hope of glory. And we give God all the glory, and they give thanksgiving to God. Man, those Christians are really big givers, man. Those guys those guys got a lot, man. They must be big sores. <laughs> now, we can tell them the principles, but they that's what God, that's what it means, let your light so shine. Yeah, they may glorify your Father. They see your good works. Good works is you being a blessing to others. Then your Father in heaven is glorified. I'm going to read this last one, too. Look what he says, verse 12. For the administration of this service, he calls giving a service, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. He just said it again. God gets all the glory out of your giving. While through the proof of this ministry, he called giving a ministry. <laughs> to give this ministry. Look, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession. Because you're talking about God is good. Well, I always say this. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. They want to see you to be a doer. So he says, for the, for the glory of God, for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and their prayer for you, I'm going to stop right there. But anyway, God calls that an uh, indescribable gift. And people will glorify God through our giving. The world needs to see God in us. And and the only way they're going to see it is we operate in these keys to the kingdom. Well, see, and it's all giving. 
See, what, what did Jesus say? They're going to know you're Christians by your love, mm -hmm. not by you go to church every Sunday. God so love he gave. But I mean, the world's going to know you're Christians by your love, not because you go to church every week, mm -mm. not because you wear a suit or tie to church, not because you dress up for church, mm -hmm. not because you go to church on Wednesday night along with Sunday. The world's going to know we're Christians by our love. And so it says we share God's love with others, each other and the world. The, the world sees it and they begin to realize it. I love what we were talking about earlier, what you mentioned about sowing in the farmer. The farmer who takes the time and the energy and the money to plant seeds on a thousand acres. Farmers get up at three or four in the morning too. <laughs> but I mean, a, a farmer who does that over a thousand acres has a bigger crop at harvest time than the farmer who does that for one acre. Who sold sparingly. And he kept his money back. He kept his time back. He kept his energy back because he wanted to rest up. He only wanted to do one acre. That farmer will not have as much harvest as the one and, who did And now also, you know what? He wanted to play it safe. And, and I always say this. In, in life, there, there, there's risk takers, uh, caretakers, and then there's undertakers. In life, there's three types of people, risk takers, caretakers, and undertakers. The body of Christ, we're not called to be undertakers. We're not called to be caretakers. We're called to be risk takers. And that guy that sold on a small, he had it. He just don't want to take a risk. The guy that sold bountifully, he's willing to take a risk. And in the kingdom of God, I was just meditating on that this morning. The Holy Spirit dropped that in my spirit about being of good courage. Not being afraid. Fear not is in the Bible 365 times. That's a fear not for every day. So a lot of us have a fear of of not having enough. So we won't, we'll give sparingly. Right, we gotta hoard it. Yeah, we'll give grudgingly because we have a we've been programmed with a, a poverty mentality. If I give this, and I'm not not gonna have enough. But here's the, what I found out: you can live better off the 90 percent with the anointing on it than you can ever live with the 100 percent without the anointing on it. Yeah. So a lot of people got to get their revelation. God can, he's just said, we just read, he multiply your seeds on, makes all grace abound towards you that you have all sufficiency in all things. Well, what's he saying in uh, Malachi again, chapter three, verse 11, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops well, and the vines in your fields will not cast our fruit. Because the anointing is on your money. Right. Because you gave, he's going to do that. Right. And some of the, you know, and you say, well, I don't have any pests because I don't have any. What he's talking about there is how about, people realize that all the time, there's always something breaking down. There's always something going on. And God says, you know what? I'll I'll prevent that stuff. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're, we're about to end this segment here. And uh, I think we're going to go on into this again next week. But uh, we're out of time. But we're definitely not out of faith. And we just want to encourage you and to remind you, keep living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.